0: series revival.me and this is our last one right for now anyways yes we are we will be launching a new series we haven't announced this yet and it's called uh god is right yeah god is not next week but the week after and that's going to be incredible so
1: yeah that that series is going to lead us right into christmas it's going to be powerful we've
2: been talking about it in staff so stay tuned god is yeah so, this is the final uh, of Rival.me, and we, we thought let's do a little little questionnaire, a little uh, question and answer time, boys and girls. And so, I'm going to pose some questions for these two. How many of you were here for the first two, and you're here for the thirds? yet? Yeah, do you want some more? There's a couple. Well, yeah, you have to be here. So, <laughs> there might be, there'll probably be some same uh, questions, but we'll probably expand on them, all right? So we're talking about revival upon us so revival upon us so i want to ask the question can you can we name all the revivals uh, that we had revival in us revival can you revival in
0: us revival through us revival around us, around us revival before us can revival
2: you do it. ahead of us you can do it. and
0: revival upon
2: us so what is the difference between all those and revival upon us like if i say revival in us And then you say revival upon us. What is is there actually a difference between the two?
1: Yeah, I mean this idea of life. You know, Jesus is revival, right? Does everybody agree? Jesus is revival. He is life, and he has given life to each of us. So there is actually uh, this spark that has happened that has made us alive, and we're like in relationship now, and and. That happens to each of us in this room, right? But what does that look like us as a corporate body together, where now like revival is upon us? And I, I like I think about Jesus at his baptism that the Holy Spirit came and rested upon him, right? And and him as the incarnate body, right? And then we as the literal like body now, like the Holy Spirit, revival is now upon us. Now, not only in us, but us as corporately fit together, you like to say fitly framed together, now carry revival with us. So I think that's the difference between like, what does that look like? You know, Jesus in us and Jesus upon us as as the body.
0: So we all have a role. So it's not just me. You know, there's something profound. I think I mentioned it the first uh, revival in us. I, I talked about how We're just individuals until we are in relationship. Then we become a person. Mm. And so there's something about becoming and becoming, uh, you know, our personality, who we are, in community. And so revival upon us is that uh, that weighty responsibility that we all have together. Like we all have a part. How many know that we're individual members of one body, and we all have different and unique calls and giftings. And that's a good thing. And so watching or allowing God to breathe on a body and those gifts come together like the way that the, the, the instruments come together mm-hmm. and the voices come together like a symphony. And, and so each instrument must be tuned and each instrument is different. There's different instruments and we all have different gifts. So to me, revival upon us is when we all take our responsibility. I also am reminded of the reality that I think we live in the greatest hour the church has seen. How many believe that? I heard one yes from the front row. There's an anointed section right there. 11, 1130, we got to have this conversation. We can't do this, all right? Uh, um, but how many really believe, though, that we're about to see the greatest move of the spirit that the church of the world has ever seen? I truly believe it. And and this is what we're stepping into. Revival is upon us. The kingdom of God is at hand. Revival is at hand here now, and it's just barely
2: beginning, and it's, it's uh, exciting times. So basic definition could be revival in us is the personal. Revival, revival upon us is the corporate gathering. Absolutely. Community. Amen. Right. So right now, in this community, gathering of people, revival is upon us. Yes. Yeah, good. Let me ask this question. Um, Is this... Is this an appropriate prayer today, which a lot of us pray, a lot of Christians pray, if my people... Who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. I will hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. It's kind of like a revival prayer. Should we pray for revival? So I'll I'll talk about the scripture and I would say
0: yes, but in the paradigm of the new covenant, like what does it mean to seek God's face? Because in the Old Covenant, seeking the face of God was something that required, you know, I mean, it was like legal and law. And, and when the priest went into the Holy of Holies, it was once a year, and there was a cleansing ceremony. Now, we, the Holy of Holies is now in us. So in the Old Testament, we sought the face of God. In the New Covenant, we've been brought to the face of God in Christ. So seeking his face now is turning my heart to him. And, and so, yes, I think the prayer, there's principles from the prayer, but we don't, it was written to people under an old covenant uh, that we're not under anymore. So we don't take it in the same sense. We can take it through Calvary. Anytime we read the Old Testament, take it through Calvary. What happened at the cross What did Jesus do to accomplish this? So we're not trying to earn something to get a blessing. We've been blessed. What we need to do is orient our hearts at what God has given us, amen, and what repentance is and all that. So I think in that sense, yeah, it's healthy, it's good, but God has given us so many things that we pray for, and those are prayers God can't answer. So I don't wanna pray prayers God can't answer, Amen? amen? How many times do we ask God? I've heard Bill Johnson say this. We pray like, oh, God, be with us. He's with you, and he'll never leave you nor forsake you. Why do we pray silly prayers like that? Now, I think we know what we mean. Be with us, like, you know, I want to walk in your blessing. But sometimes we say things. So I think that revival is happening. And, and so, in, like, we're praying for things that God wants more than we do. What we need to do is posture our hearts to receive and be an outlet of revival. And so that's how I see it. It's, it's more of a, the old covenant was a cry for deliverance. and the new covenant, it's a shout of dominion. We proclaim freedom to the captives. We're not hoping that people would be free. We proclaim freedom over those that are oppressed by sin, and and that's releasing
2: the kingdom. That is revival. Real quick, Sinclair, did you meet all the open mics? You did? Okay, there's still a little boom up here anyway. Okay, you want to answer that? So
1: one of the things we were talking about is we have to define what prayer is. And if we are approaching communion and prayer with God, in a sense of like crying out for things to happen, then maybe we need to redefine it or really look at it, you know, through the lens of Jesus. Like, how do we commune with him? How do we, uh, how do we talk to Jesus? Like, what the Bible says that we're co heirs. That's right. Right? We're joint heirs, now we co labor with him. It's like, what does that mean? How do I now like switch from this pleading? Like you said last service, we don't plead with God for healing. We just declare it, right? Jesus said, heal the sick. Yeah. So how do you do that? Well, you go and heal the sick. You declare healing. You declare his life and yeah, love over right. people, you know? Um, so do we pray for revival? Well, it depends on what your definition is, of prayer, you know? And we seek God's heart. I love that. That's like my, I, I, my prayer for revival is I want to know what your heart is for this so that I can then go declare it, right? And each of us are a walking revival. This whole idea that we're the temple and now the Holy of Holies, like, I don't think we realize the magnitude of that statement. That each and every one of you are a Holy of Holies, and that together we're fitly formed together to create a Holy a holy of... A giant one, right? And that all the churches in the world now are fitly framed, and being built into this spiritual house, right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's such it's an amazing mission. When you talk about, like, the greatest time to be part of this, like, we're seeing it happen. We're seeing the church flood the earth with love. Yeah. And um, I, I can't even imagine what it's going to look like for my kids. You know? Yeah. Our, our ceiling becomes their floor.
0: I just wanted to add that sometimes when we think about prayer, it's like we think they're spiritual brownie points, mm. and hopefully God hears I think we have to be a praying people, but when we pray, like, we're not, we're aligning with God. We're not trying to add up all these brownie points and hoping that God moves. How many understand what I'm saying? Prayer is more about, it's for us to align with the kingdom reign of God and then release it in the earth, you know, to the degree we're submitted to it, it's to the degree we can release it. And, that's uh, and so that's, that's what I see. Yes, we have to pray. Prayer is important. When Jesus said uh, you couldn't cast out many uh, but by prayer, or they, they couldn't cast out the deaf and dumb spirit, right? He says these only come out by prayer. And some translations say and fasting. That was added to a works-based, from a works-based mentality. Mm-hmm. But what Jesus was saying is I pray and you don't. I'm aligned with my Father and his reign in the earth. You're not. Yeah. So get
1: aligned. I think that's an amazing statement is why did Jesus pray? From what position and yeah. purpose did he do that?
0: Yeah.
1: It was communion. That's
0: right.
1: It was all about communion, and it's yeah. all that it will ever be about is communion with God yeah. and with each other, and we're all part of that. So. And
0: prayer isn't just talking. It's being aware of his presence yeah. throughout our day, yeah. driving.
2: Yeah. Something that's easy to remember is orphans beg. Children, ask. Come on. I don't want my kids to beg. They don't have to beg for food. They can ask, is it dinner time? Can I have some food? Yes. Or go get it yourself. Boy. What if they keep getting Snickers? They don't always get food, though. So, I mean, come on, parents. Eighth time you've come out of your room for a glass of water or for food. I mean, come on, anyway. Right? It's their ploy. (laughs) It's a little ploy that they have.
0: Um, well, I think that that's a good point, though, because like, are we hungry? Like, oh, I have to hunger for God. Yeah. Like, are we starving or are we, are we sitting satisfied? at a table? Yeah. And are we, yeah. are, do we have an appetite for what's in front of us? And we feast on him. Yeah. Because Jesus said, if you eat like the bread that I'm going to give you, you're not going to hunger anymore. So can you be fully satisfied and fully hungry? I, I think that it's it's feasting on him continually. Mm-hmm but not from a place where, oh, let me, let me you know uh, climb this spiritual mountain so I can eat a meal. Like, oh, I have to hunger for God, yeah. and I'm going to fast and pray. No, feast on him. He's yeah.
2: given us himself, yeah. and that's what we feast on. It's good. Um, revival upon us in the corporate sense, there's people here. Can you have true revival without unity?
0: start you wanna start? I can start. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: I don't think that's possible. And unity and also community, like they're one and the same. Like I don't think you can have
2: revival apart from community or unity. And you know you might need to so would you define unity and community in your eyes? Yeah. I mean yeah I don't I don't know that this unity doesn't necessarily mean you have to agree. No, so not how at do all. You de- how do you define unity then?
1: I mean, if we have diversity, each of us have a different flavor. Each of us have something to, different to bring to the table. Each of us have different gifts, right? Glenda dances. You sing. I. I, I, I dance, rap. I dance. <laughs> I too. rap. I dance. <laughs> um, I. Uh, I make coffee. I don't know. <laughs> Praise God. Point being is that, like, in mission and purpose, Yeah, there you go. and this is a big thing for me, especially lately, like, we talk about identity and, like, we our first identity purpose, right, is to receive love, to be loved by God, to help, to receive love and then give it out to each other and be loved to one another, right? In mission and purpose, after that, after that initial identity, like, God has stuff for us to do. Mm-hmm. And... It's like sometimes, like we get so caught up in just like resting and like being still, and that's beautiful and amazing, and we need that. But like, I have things for you to do, and that's that's part of like who we are. Is like, no, God is a creator, and He has things for you to create with Him. So, each of us, as we partake in revival, right? Each of us are. are Are holding, we're carrying a piece of revival at Encounter Church. And if you don't carry your piece, there's going to be a piece missing. It's like you reveal a piece of Jesus that I won't see without you.
2: That's right. That's That's good. That's
0: right. And all the people that they're called to reach and touch and disciple, and you reach
1: people that I can't.
0: You talk a language that I don't. I speak in tongues. Now, I, I agree with what you said, but I'm going to give another perspective. Maybe it's another side of the same coin. I think unity, true unity, is a byproduct of revival. Okay. And I think revival's broad. So, like, God gives us life, and then we're coming alive, and ultimately we will live eternally. So, I think it's a broad perspective. Revival means, like, to give life that which is dead, come alive. And I think when God breathes on the church, then that diversity becomes one. It, you know, it's it's the fitly framing together. It happens in the manifest presence of God. And so I see it as a true unity is a byproduct. The only reason I'm saying that is because sometimes I've seen this. We're trying to attain some unity by praying and fasting and doing all these things. And it's religious works. And in an attempt to see some genuine move of God, when if we just said, wait a minute, God, you're the one who makes this happen. You're building your church. You're advancing your kingdom. So let your love crash into us. Teach us to love one another and let that overflow in the world. And when that happens, I think that's when we see unity, because I can't see the value of who people are without his glory just covering my eyelids and changing my heart. You know, unity in a marriage. I see my wife through the eyes of heaven. Uh, unity in a church staff. We value who we are and we encourage one another and love one another. And so I see revival uh, as something that actually gets us unified. Does that make sense? It's a little different perspective, but I think it's important that we, Lord, continue to breathe on your body
2: so that we become fitly framed together. And that's when we see true unity. And I want to, I like how you kind of defined unity a little bit last service you said unity is not uniformity yeah
0: that's
2: right. so I think that's very important yeah. we, we think it, to be in unity we have to actually agree on everything yeah, I mean, and that's just not true right. um, I think we have to agree on core values of, of the gospel and the kingdom right. but we don't have to see eye to eye politically right. Right. or we can like different teams I mean Anton my man Anton over there look at him <laughs> how pretty he is Get that coat uh, oh, you changed, bro. <laughs> we partnered. We partnered on the last conference, the Young Pastors Conference, and I did the video, and I, I literally put my heart and soul into, as you know, that video, and we we were together in unity, but we probably don't see the same politically, at all, at all right? <laughs> and he
0: massively yeah, he has his
2: own. But guess what? That's all that stuff's fine, and and we can debate that stuff. But when it comes down to it, we are unified you know why because we understand the goal and we understand the road we are uh, we're running right the race we are running is much bigger than politics we know who we serve and we know who we are and I think we don't have to be in uniformity we just have to be in unity we can, so, I mean, that's some of the problem why I don't, I think we don't see sustained moves of God is because people let their own little theological and little political and little biases get in, you know, like, oh, I can't with this guy, right? Because he doesn't, and that, we have to stop that in the church.
0: If we don't see eye to eye, that does not mean that our hearts cannot be in harmony. Different perspectives are divine. And they're good, Because we have the mind of Christ. Yeah, that's good. I don't have the mind of Christ. We We. have the mind of Christ. That's really good. We think better together. Yeah. And we see, like, you might see something I don't see. I might see something you don't see. And that's the beauty of it. And that's what unity is, is being able to see things differently. Say, you know what? I want to hear your heart. I'm connected to your heart. I honor you enough to say you're smart. You have wisdom. And I want to help me see from your point of view. And I'll help you see from my point of view. And maybe we can glean from one another. And that's why you said we need each other. Absolutely. Yeah. Interdependence is, the, is like the, uh, it's the manifestation of that ligament of love. Like yeah. we learn, you know, the way the joints work without the ligament. There's, there's an interdependence. There's a connection. We have to have that as the body of Christ. And it goes back to what you are saying. We're all individual members of one body.
1: I think it's maybe the better way to put it is that unity is required for sustainable revival in a sense. Jesus is revival. Yeah. You know, he's the one that brings it in and mm-hmm. now we're in this body. Now we have to work together and we're called to unity because yeah. of who he is. That's
0: good. Yep. Absolutely. I and totally to sustain agree.
1: that and walk mm-hmm. it out, we absolutely need each other. So it's like the byproduct is unity and it's also the thing that now, life-giving power in unity is now carrying it
0: forward you know there's such a shift in the church like many of you guys i don't know if you know everyone here's a visitor or everyone here's a member some are visitors but like some church cultures it's based on a like solo personality type of revival Mm -hmm. but this is what is happening in the body of christ there's a shift it's becoming that symphony where we're because if someone falls we lift them up we that are strong bear the infirmities of the weak. The Bible says, bear one another's burdens, fulfill the law of Christ. There's this beauty about you know, sustaining, helping one another. We're, it's like we're joined heart to heart, arm to arm, and we're marching forward as the army of God. And it's not just one person or two people doing all the stuff. Right. We are all doing our part. And that's what's happening in the body of Christ right now. There's this massive shift taking place where we're seeing that, Chris, you mentioned it the last two services that without love, what is it? You know, share
2: that again. You, you talked about that. Yeah, we're talking about really defining what revival is, and it, it could look different in different, you know, churches or different whatever uh, lives. But really, there's one, like, simple truth, core value of revival. It's love. I mean, I, I grew up in the church. I'm a PK, pastor's kid. PK means pastor's kid. And um, I've seen it all, and I've been on many church staffs. I mean, I've seen it all. And I've seen what I would call some incredible moves of God. And just being in America, you see it if you have a television, right? Or Brownsville in the 90s. And then we had Todd's big thing, uh, Lakeland. And then we had um, other revivals, Azusa revival. and. Um, but here's the deal. You can have... A thousand people come up here and get get saved, right? Receive Jesus. You can preach great messages, but if you don't have love, the stark reality is God says it sounds terrible. Yeah, that's right. I don't like the sound of that. God, look at all this work we did for you. I don't. I didn't like the sound of it. Because there is no love. So we have to have love. And this is why we can be in unity without uniformity, because I can love you and disagree with you and go, you know what? But the bottom line is we're both going the same direction. Let's go. So I, I think this is why music is so powerful.
0: Just music because yeah, God created it created it in a way where it aligns us with who he is its yep. worship its communion and so you have people that don't know the lord and they i mean it's like music is such a drawing tool amazing. and i think the world is just waiting for the song of the bride Whoa. like the world is waiting for that mm. not the solo the mm. symphony Jesus said, they will know you're my disciples by the love you have for one another, it. where it's yeah. so powerful, it just pulls you right in, like, that's what I've been longing for my whole life. And what Woo. we don't realize is that what we've been longing for is fellowship with the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, mm. because the, the symphony of community, church, is an expression of perichoresis, that divine dance, the love between the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, And it just pulls us right in. It displays the beauty. It's like we're singing. We come alive. And that goes back to you got to know who you are. And you have a song, Travis. You have a song. I have a song. You have a song. Proverbally, not everyone can sing. Come on, somebody. That's why you ain't up here singing. But we all have a voice, a song. We all have something. We carry something. Heaven has marked you like uniquely. Nobody has your DNA. Nobody has the same hair on your head. Come on, somebody. Like the numbers of hair on your head. You are unique and made and marked by heaven to carry out something in the earth. And when you come fully alive in God, it's like, whoa. I mean, that's, that's the joy of knowing who we are, like we're, no wonder sometimes we're just, you know, as the church, we're we're just depressed, and we're and seriously though, you know, yeah. like there, there's a whole movement of depression in the church. Like we we don't have to be depressed. Coco, your daughter, and Layla, my daughter, at the at the table. Every time we go to eat or we sit at the table, they laugh hysterically and they can't stop. And it's this contagious joy of childlike faith.
2: And love, and that's what we need in the church. That synergy. Yeah. Coco is a, a, a walking revival. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it, it's it's interesting. Uh, childlike faith. It's the childlikeness that you know that they have. But um, did you did you have anything to add to that? Um, well,
1: we never got to this one. I yeah, feel I know. Like did you have anything is, to add to
2: that last thing, though? Um, we have time in the service.
1: I mean, I. I think when we realize that who God is, is community, it's not something that he does. And when we realize that, we realize that who you are is community. I don't even know if that's grammatically even possible.
0: He is relationship.
1: Yeah. He is is relationship. You are relationship. It's what you were built for. And apart from that, you're going to be missing something of who what you were designed for you were designed for intimacy in every single way without fear of there's no hiding in true relationships and i think when we realize that that that's who god is in trinitarian understanding of who god is he always was community he always will be community does, does this make
2: sense and it's and it's who you are and that is revival that's, that's good. It's like God is not an act of love. He is love. Yeah. He's not an, an act of community. He literally is community with the Trinity. Yeah, yeah. It's Even it's God good. is in community.
1: It's
0: the difference between attribute and essence. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's
1: good. Plug,
2: hey, why don't you plug
0: our series? Come on, somebody. That's what we're going to be talking about. Some of the stuff. Yeah, yeah,
1: some of it. Like when we talk about God is this next series, it's like what kind of things are we believing about God that
2: aren't actually true in who he is in yeah. essence? Right.
1: That's
2: right. So, so, so yeah, we didn't ask this question in the last two services, but um, practically, what does revival look like? So I'll say this: revival upon us. Uh, practically, that's a corporate thing. What does that look like in a community revival upon us? But then, what if in what if I'm coming to church and I'm seeing revival, and I'm not experiencing it in my own life? What? What do you tell that, that person who said, I don't, I don't feel, I don't see it, I don't feel, I only see it on Sundays and with my brothers and sisters, I don't feel this at all, I don't see it in my own life. What do you say to these guys?
1: It's a simple question, and I know it, it sounds so simple that it, sometimes it's hard. It's, are you in community? It's a real, real question, though, like. You're not experiencing revival? Well, are you in the thing that you were designed for? Are you sitting face-to-face with people that love you and are willing to, like, help you work this thing out? Are we being real and vulnerable in front of people when we're scared, when it's challenging, when it's hard to, like, admit things? Uh, When Are we in those type of situations? Because I'll tell you what, you, you, you get into that and you start being vulnerable in front of people, revival is there. Like, there is life in those situations. So, if that's you and you feel like, I personally, like, I see it. I hear you guys talk about it. You guys worship. You guys seem really joyful. I see your families. I can see revival, the fruit of it on people's lives, but I'm just not experiencing that. I,
2: like, Come.
1: Come to the table. How many of us are not, we've been welcomed and invited to the table, but have never actually, like, taken our seat? We, we'll open
2: we'll it up open at the end, up, yeah. yeah. Of course. That's, Anton that's, has a question, of course.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that because um, that, that, that's that been our journey when we planted the church. It's like, all right, what is what is revival look like practically? I don't really, I kind of know, mm. but I think it looks like something I haven't seen, too. Wow. Like I'm still anticipating, I I, I know, I know it's there and I see the manifestation of it and it's more is coming. And, And that's what walking in the light is. Walking in the light and the revelation of who God is. This is why the Bible says in 1 John 1, when we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus cleanses from all sin. So not only do we really know each other and we can be known, but we experience his true cleansing forgiveness mercy the reality yeah. that we've been bought with the precious blood of Jesus and i think that what we ha- the beginning of intimacy happens when we are okay with being rejected for who we really are instead of being afraid to uh, be loved for who we are not mm. like we does that make sense did i say that right like sometimes we'd rather be loved for who we're not than rejected for who we really are we can't be afraid for rejection yeah. And when a community walks in love and acceptance I'm not going to judge you yeah. I'm not going to condemn you I'm going to look around matter of fact I would hope you'd look around my f- flaws too because the minute that we get so familiar with each other that we're looking at for that point or that speck we've got a plank in our own eye and true meekness in community is to look around somebody's sin say I'm not I can get close enough to you and w- when I get close enough to you I'm not going to do it Travis it'll be awkward but I'll see my reflection in your eyes. And, and that's what happens with God. Come on, somebody. Brotherly love. Greet one another with a holy kiss. Go ahead, lay one on me, son. <laughs> but when, when you, that's true intimacy, though. That's true intimacy. There's an interchange. The word koinonia, that's what it means. But we have to be uh, courageous enough to, to just let the light in, let the
2: light of who God
0: is, and just, here, this is who I am. Live from the heart.
2: And I think that's good, and I will say, I, adding to that, I think you can be, I have different, maybe different perspective, I think you can be in community and in the midst of community and not experience personal revival. Kind of like what you're saying. I can come to the table, and I can sit there, and I can, I can close my heart off. We haven't let it in fully. And so fully. I think I would, tell that, I would tell that person, okay, you've come to the table, you've done all this, but guess what? You don't know who you are. Open your heart. Just like you're saying, open your heart and let God uh, do what he needs to do. As you're saying
0: that, I saw this picture. This this is ringing a little bit. I saw this picture of a, like a seed in the ground. It's in the perfect environment to bear fruit and give life. Wow. But until it cracks open,
2: wow, that's good.
0: there's no life. That's good. And so you might, some of you here, somebody watching, sometimes we are surrounded in yep. the perfect environment, but until we open up, we can't. Really see that reproduction and that life that God intends.
2: But I will say this, uh, though I think it's a lot. Uh, it's hard. Like if you're in real community, you're going to either crack open or you're going to leave. <laughs> you're going to. It's one of the others going to happen. Or you're going to stay frozen, and and the
0: thing that you were meant to reproduce never happens. It's like Jesus said that the commandment uh, of men, the tradition of men, nullified the power of God's word. It's like you just stay frozen. I've been in that place, being frozen in the right environment, but shutting my heart off and not allowing that.
2: Okay, let's. Uh, it's about one o'clock. Let's just take a, a couple questions. I know Anton had one. Um, let's start with Anton. He well, started it. Because we're streaming, you say the question. I'll repeat the question so that. Sure. The, yeah. um, I think it's layered
3: somehow. I think um, listening to the question, what does revival look like? What I'm wondering body when something's wrong, there's symptoms that um, we need quote-unquote revival or healing. Um, I'm wondering what pre-revival looks like for the body of Christ. When is it necessary? And when it is necessary, what are the symptoms of pre-revival? What does that look like? When does the church take responsibility and decide that we need revival?
2: Pre-revival. Yeah. Okay, what does it look like? Yeah. someone revival All of the above. I will say this: uh, the question was, uh, "What does pre-revival look like in the church and in our, in our prayer life and everything?" Like, when is revival necessary? Yeah. When is revival necessary? I think it's continual. I don't think it ever
0: stops. It's like, how many breaths have we taken today? That's revival. I mean, you know, in the way I live life, the way I love, the way my relationships, the way I shepherd, the way I do what I'm created to do. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it's always. I would say that um, grassroots revival though looks like people that are asking God for something. Maybe they don't have right now, or they don't think they have right now. Like they they're, they're asked, God. You said this, mm-hmm. and I'm not seeing it. Mm-hmm. How do I? How do I? access what you've given me, you know, kind of like opening a treasure box. I think that's where it begins. Sometimes it's searching the scriptures, praying, worshiping, having encounters with God, visions, dreams, all of that stuff. But I think it's necessary. And it's interesting you brought up the whole symptom thing, because I think there's two kinds of pains. There's one that tells you something's wrong and you got to deal with it. There's another that's inflicted by an an outside object or source Mm. that should be stopped and sometimes revival or grassroots comes when we there's a pain there's something's wrong something's wrong and we like no there's there's overt sin there's whatever it is and it's like no we need to we need yep. to see life here the body's dead like this is cancer this is wrong and so that's one uh you know one source of pain and then the other one is like you know, sometimes we need revival to, to empower us, to be powerful enough to set boundaries and say, well, that which has hurt us is not going to hurt us anymore. Does that make sense? What about pains that are good? That is a pain that's good. It's telling you that something that's wrong.
1: What about the pain of birth or growth? Mm-hmm. When, I was, when I was young, I used to get growing pains in my knees and legs that were agonizing, but I was growing and my bones were stretching, and different things were happening. Or the pain of birth, where it's like, this is good. Like, this is, this is life that is coming out of me, but there's, there's things that are happening, right? I know,
0: and-, and Rochelle didn't feel any pain, because we're redeemed from the curse. She had painless, five painless, I, right, honey? That's I've what you actually,
2: said. I've actually, no, no women that have, yeah, have no pain, but. Oh, <laughs> prophesied a question no peace you received that <laughs> Let me say this. I don't think you can plan revival services. So I reject the notion of we're going to have revival services. I just think that's what does that even mean? What do you mean? We're going to do 30 days of services and beat our team up. And Just because you, you call it, it I mean? revival
0: doesn't mean it is. Right.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Just because you call it revival doesn't mean it's actually revival.
0: Yeah. And remember,
2: um, this is part
1: six or seven mm-hmm. of the series sit part six of this series, and we've been unpacking the definition of revival in different yeah. aspects, in us, through us, around us, yeah. before us, ahead of yeah. us, all these different aspects of what revival looks like, and kind of breaking down some of the misconceptions that we've had as a church
2: of what it means to be in revival. Yeah. So, so I think you're talking about a move of God, right? Whereas revival is an everyday type of thing. Um, and to your original question, I had um, a thought about the pre revival. Again, we're talking about maybe a move of God. What has to happen before? He, he defined also revival. We love, and you defined it as multiplication, right? Yeah. So, are we ready for multiplication? Tomorrow, next week, if there's a thousand people in here, guess what? We're not staffed for it. Mm-hmm. We're not ready if that's the definition of one of the definitions of multiplication. So I think sometimes God pre-revival is God getting your heart, your mind, your soul, your spirit, your people ready to go cuz something's coming. And so I think God's such a good God until you're there, he's going to say hold off now. Hold on now. You're not ready quite yet, but we're getting there. Some growth going to get through some growth before this happens. Uh, on the on the practical, uh,
0: you know. I want to interject one more thing cuz I think sometimes we over compartmentalize these definitions: revival, renewal, awakening, whatever. I think it's God just breathing life into us, into people individually, corporately. And so, I think sometimes having those meetings, like, hey, we're making space for for the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit to do whatever He wants to do. So, like, if you and I, Anton, are like, hey, Wednesday, let's go pray in my office for two hours. We're making space. I mean, you know, you, if you, if you say, Lord, just whatever you want to do, hit, God know. I mean, we know that like the wind of heaven is going to blow. And so that's what we did. That's how we planted the church. We just made space and we got together on Sunday nights to pray, to worship. God, what do you want? What do you, what's on your heart? I want to know your heart, and so I think that is a part of the grassroots element of revival. Not just calling it revival, but let's get together and pray. Let's get together and worship. Let's search the scriptures. Let's let's go for it. And I think that stirs up, um, you know, like awakening and revival.
2: It's healthy, and God uses that. So that's good. In the seven uh, the seven day example you used, uh, I like that definition. We're making space. Mm-hmm. For God. Yeah, so call it revival service, whatever you want. But really, it's like, I don't think you can just say, here's revival. Like, God, is, it's going to be in these seven days, and that's it. We're but hosting his We presence. didn't really answer your question, though, about what needs to be revived. I think that's just... Everything like, needs to be revived. Yeah, and I think that's a personal, you know, thing. What in the church needs to be revived, so...
4: Eugene? my question because it sounds like um, you know I love like war movies and it sounds like we're gathering up volunteers in, in the town to go out for Christ you know what I'm saying that it seems like you're recruiting soldiers with love and because I think in the revival I don't want volunteers I need you to step up and get to work I I heard that you know and but also that folks need to be appointed right Mm -hmm. and so I think my question is What type of platoons are you appointing in this time of revival, Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely.
0: So I think that there's a a structure or a wineskin forming for church leadership in the body of Christ. And we've come to a place where we're like, all right, we're making space for that. What does that look like? And first of all, it's all based on relationship, getting to know people's hearts. This is why revival at the table is so important. Uh, And I would say that, you know... Whether it's just somebody who attends a church, they can participate in this corporate thing that we carry by loving, serving, giving, doing, what even finances, everything. And then there's people that rise up into places of leadership where they are appointed as a like a pastor or a, a teacher or whatever. Um, and so there, there's, a, there's I think there's a different element to that. There's somebody who serves, you know, somebody who, who leads. And then you have people that oversee, and and so that's all a part of it. That's all a part of you know, the, and not in a hierarchy sense, but in a in a humility serving sense, in a servant leadership sense. So I absolutely agree, and I would say that uh, you know, like we have some teachings on fivefold ministry stuff. I don't know if you're familiar with that term, but in Ephesians four eleven, and we break down apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, and what does it look like uh, as a church that says we believe in that. So, but it's not just about title, it's about function. And so I think we're still learning our function and we're learning to maybe get rid of the titles for a while. It doesn't mean you don't call me pastor or call us pastor, but like sometimes we got to unlearn the culture of flattery to really learn honor. And so I would say, I would say like, this is what I'm praying that we learn honor and we learn love and allow the wineskin to form. And when we kicked the service off, I was teaching out of Thessalonians where Paul's like, pertaining to the way you love each other, he's like, I don't need to say anything. You've been taught by God how to love. That to me is the beginning of all revival. That's where it all starts. That's the spark, the flame. And when we learn how to love, that just grows and it continues. And then we love the world. We love people that that are unsaved. It always overflows and it should overflow. And the church then becomes this refuge. That's what we want to be. We want to be a a refuge for the broken, a strong family to bring in people who think they're orphans and they don't realize they have a papa and they have brothers and sisters that love them. Um, And so I'm open to what God has. And I think there's things I see and I feel like, yeah, I'm pretty settled. I look at scripture and I'm like, I I could see this. And I believe this. And I believe in fivefold ministry. And we're learning what works. We're learning what doesn't work. We're learning what works good for us and what doesn't work good for us, you know, and uh, and so I think that it's unfolding as we go and as we grow. Does that make sense? Okay, that's
2: good. I think. Uh, all right, everyone's quiet. Okay. It's been we've been going about one 40 more. Minutes. Rochelle has one. Rochelle has a question. Come on. She just wants to, you to know how beautiful you look. I would say- oh, oh, we do. have
0: Why don't you? Why don't you come up here and grab my mic? The
5: first lady. Um, I feel like
0: it's like a. Come um, stand up here behind us or in front of us.
5: Yeah.
0: Well, I, it, it, they're streaming, so yeah. Oh
5: hi, everybody watching. Um, I feel like this is a moment for our church and our community, for an invitation, like you said, but for partici- p- participation. An invitation to say, this is what God is serving at the table of Encounter Church. And we're inviting you to be a participant and come alongside and have a meal with us. And what it looks like, we might not know. (laughs) And that's okay. But what we're experiencing, the life-giving love that's coming from Abba, what we're experiencing is tangible in a way we might not be able to communicate, but it's an invitation for you to participate. Because what God is doing here in our midst is really, really beautiful. And, um, and I think this whole series has just really led up to a place where we can all say, you know what, we might not know what it looks like. And revival, what we know, it's not just meetings. We know it's not just um, one person making everybody fall out. We know it's not these things we've seen in the past. But what we know it is, is a revelation of the goodness and love of God, but an invitation for all to come and sit at the table and partake with us where there's no hierarchy and there's no one person in charge, but everything that they're saying, the wisdom that's coming from these guys this morning is just an invitation to participate in the renewal of heaven and the reviving of life and the goodness and love of the Father.
0: I just want to read something real quick as we close. I want to read Luke 4.18. And I feel like uh, it could be a powerful proclamation. It's just such a, uh, and this is, this is where Jesus is reading from um, Isaiah 61. Some of you guys are familiar with it. And I just love this text. It's so beautiful. And I think this is, um, this is like what, when, when life is pouring forth out of us, this is, this is the effect it has upon those around us. And here's what he says in Luke four eighteen: The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. I feel like that could be a really good centerpiece for us as we close the service out this is what we carry and and maybe that's helpful to the answer all of those things and sometimes we need that you know sometimes we don't see things and um, I just believe God has in the beginning when we started the church God that was this this was branded you remember honey this verse was branded on our hearts this is what we're called to do Isaiah 61 and if you read in Isaiah 61 it's really powerful you know you read the whole chapter so well you got one of you guys want to close us out
2: um, if the prayer team wants to come up, come on up. We always invite people for prayer.
0: is are so chill. Yes, you guys are true. so chill man. Yeah, very chill, man. And we yeah. made space. The 10 a.m. is the most well-attended service. Power, and so you all come at 1130. You need to bring folks with you. Come on, somebody.
2: And some of you do. Some... 1130s <laughs> is going to get a conscience already. Yes. Start, well, start, we start love 1130. 30. Um, yeah. What's up, man? So, yeah, so if you would like prayer, we have two available, two ladies available. Powerful. Please come up. Um, if you want to know more about the series, the, they're all online. They're all on our uh, website, Yep, com. Go to the, John, yeah, go to our uh, audio section of the uh, program, the website, and you can listen to all of them. Otherwise, we will see you, um, is there a revival group Wednesday night here this Revival group Wednesday here, night? yep, Wednesday night. It's Monday night at uh, Monday night, so uh, revival.me, you can get all the info. Mm-hmm. It's actually a website, revival.me. Yeah, yeah
1: if you want to get connected in any way to our church, you want to get into community, whatever that looks like for you, um, I can help you with that personally, and we have a VIP area. You can get connected, or if you want to go to revival.me, uh, there's tons of different groups and information about how you can
2: do that. All right. Perfect. All right. We'll see you guys next Sunday. Have a good week.